Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. It's a special extra issue. We are reviewing the graphic novel Kill Lock. I am Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. All right, so first we'll have a short description. Uh, in this extra issue, we're going to be talking about the recently completed graphic novel Kill Lock, written and drawn by Livio Ramondelli. Um, over six issues, Ramondelli tells the story of four robots who have been ostracized from a entirely robotic caste society with the punishment of the Kill Lock, which makes it such that if any one of them dies, they all die. Um, if you want to read it before listening to the full podcast, this is the point where we recommend you stop and go check it out because um, as you'll hear, we love it. It's, it's incredible. It's really worth um, a read and it's, it's very fast. Um, so for the larger description, um, the, the four robots are the Wraith, a now kind of converted super soldier, the laborer, which is an alcoholic uh, whose mistake cost hundreds of lives. There's the artisan, a top level engineer who viciously murdered eight of his coworkers completely out of the blue and the kid, an incomplete machine banished for not being good enough. Um, they're on a quest to find the cure for their kill lock. Um, and to do so, they must find the Axial, which is the robot who made it. Um, she sends them to a remote planet where they will be killed by another group of kill locked robots, uh, which are made up of two Leviathan class bots, uh, surprisingly another artisan and a missing mediator class bot. Uh, who, who it turns out is currently being stored in the brain of the artisan through something called body slipping. Uh, in the biggest twist of all, the artisan we've been following hasn't been interested in the cure, but rather the technique to perform this body slipping to trick his compatriots so they would all be in the body of the wraith, who now is under the main control of the artisan, ready to make the re remake the universe in his image. So uh, let's start with our initial approach I know it might be difficult given how much we all like it, but why is this the worst? I can start. I think it's it's the worst, quote unquote, um, because I think it's it just needs more. I want it to have more and more time to breathe. I think the story or the overall plot, like if you really wanted to look at it, is more almost prologue or prequel than it is to like some sort of now what happens, which I get, you know, there's obviously a reason why the story was set that way. Um, I just would have liked to see a little bit more like act structure. It was kind of just a very like, I don't know. It just, it just felt the overall plot did not super work out for me, but I just love the characters and the artwork so much that everything else just, it's just a great book. Kayla. Um, for me, uh, the worst, and I'm using that in quotes because I, I, it's very, very hard to find stuff to dislike about this book, was just initially the um, artisan, uh, the character of the artisan was just so grating. Like he was that archetype of like smarter than everybody else, the anti-hero, the one, you know, the one who's going to tell everybody like it is and won't suffer fools. And I'm really kind of just tired of that archetype. Uh, but, you know, as the book progressed, uh, I liked that he was first shown as being in over his head and then gaming everybody else. And I was like, his character kind of like 
you know, uh, fell, in, fell into place for me. But initially, like, you know, as I was reading it for the first time, it just was ugh, like I've seen this character too many times. Brent? I think that for me, the worst is that the story as a whole relies a lot on our um, knowledge of other oppressive caste-like societies yeah. that what we really glean from each of the characters doesn't feel like a lot about where society is wrong. Like I can, like a society that makes something like a wraith to uh, destroy anyone who, um, you know, um, no longer worships the church or whatever, um, or that has these kind of characters like an architect that really try and maintain this awful structure. Um, or throws out the kid just because he's not perfectly made, you know, in the first mold. It, you know that that's horrible, but at the same time, it, there, I wish there was more about like the actual society, about the actual culture that we saw separate from just what the kill lock process is. Mm. See, I, Clark, I, do you have any reason why this is the worst? My only, this is the worst. Everything else I think, um, if the if it continued longer it would flesh all that stuff out and everything. Right. i don't think it's it needs it but you want it kind of thing yeah this is the worst because you want more of it, and you didn't really <laughs> exactly. it. no the only the real thing the only thing that i think is the worst is the um a bit too easy for the axial to find out how to talk to um the laborer being like i've been checked everywhere for you and then since your head is so fucked up and you've got so much radiation i finally found you and she like talked through his head in like the sixth it, one, yeah, it's very plot devicey. That's fair. It, like, yeah, sure. that was the only issue I had, and I was like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, that's fine. I, yeah, I, I, I liked her, but but I, I don't think we needed that. I mean, I don't know. But, All right. Yeah, so why is it the best? I mean, I Taylor? had a hard time when uh, I was doing. Or Clark, continue. I'm doing. Well, I'm doing it because the reason we're doing it is because I said so. Um, so I was trying to figure out the top two, my, my top two comics of the year ended up being this one in Hellions. I was trying to figure out which one was which. And so I ended up messaging Kaylin, what, two weeks ago about how great it is. And then you ended up reading it. But anyways, um, it's the best. I think number one is because the characterization is so good. You're talking mm -hmm. about how grading the artisan is at first. And I like the fact that, you know, they start in this one little, you think they're going to be some fucking one note in the first yeah. issue. And yeah. they just build and build and build and build. And I think the Wraith, Wraith was my like sleeper agent by the end in terms of my favorite, which I did not expect to go that way. I don't know. It's a hard, it's hard to find characterization in it that I don't love. Kaylin. So um, what both Adam and Clark said on what they thought was the worst, and I'm using that again in quotes, is what I really liked about it it was the efficiency of the storytelling of like, it gave me just enough mm -hmm. world building to know what was happening. And there's oftentimes, I think this is a, um, a flaw of like science fiction where they spend so much time building the world that it just becomes like, oh, that's great, but it doesn't give me enough plot. It doesn't give me enough character. This was so well balanced that like I was utterly riveted uh, from even besides, you know, the fact that the, uh, 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 what's the architect's name? Um, the, the artisan, excuse me. Um, 
he was so grating at first. I really just wanted to know, I wanted to know more. And the ending was such a gut punch mm-hmm. that like, I, I wanted to know what happened next, but I was also unbelievably satisfied um, oh, yeah. that like, if 100%. it just ends here, it's like, oh my God, this, this monster now has a monstrous body. And just my, I don't know if the book itself could match my imagination of what he could do right. in the rates body. Adam? Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that as much as I said it was the worst for the plot structure. I love how, uh, to your point, how efficient it is. Uh, characterization, Clark, 100% on, right? This whole book succeeds or fails based on the character interactions and dynamics, which is funny because there's not even that many people or that many yeah. scenes. It's like such a fast moving piece that like it just builds, you just get everything so much from it. Um, one thing that I also, like in my head as we were just talking through this, I was like, I'd love to to sort of filling in on the blanks, either, you know, you'd have more issues, but I think it honestly... There'd be a lot you could do, I think, with this as a novelization, which obviously probably isn't going to happen. But I think being able to write out a lot of that content, I think, is a better medium than like trying to show it in artwork and like text boxes. So I think there's like, you know, that could be like a pick your poison. If you want to focus on the character story, grab the comic. But if you wanted this, I'm making up a novelization that will never exist. But in general, <laughs> it's just... And it's just very, very good. Like I again, I think efficient is the most way to best way to put it. It's like you immediately know who these characters are, but the dialogue feels extremely fresh. Um, the plot line is focused on sort of like small stakes, which I really appreciate. And the idea that they don't really show you what happens afterwards, leaving it as an open-ended ending, I think does really work. I think it's like we were saying before, all I want is more, because I just really, really enjoyed it and you know, Livio, like, just knocked it out of the park. Like, just a fantastic piece of work, Brent. I think that um, there's there's something about, like, there's a feel of, like, a 10-minute cartoon where, you know, they pack so much in in a very short space. And that is the same as, like, it want, leaving you wanting more. Um, but you, like, after having experienced it, you feel like a lot, like, it, like it was a really rich experience. Right. Um, I think for me while we didn't get a lot of the society that ostracized them, they gave us a lot of the society that they live in now. And there's so many great culture moments from the drunken robots who see the Wraith and then the Wraith tells them that he's on a secret mission and (laughs) needs them to be quiet to the old robot Romanian woman who's like, I don't... I'll, you can carry my bags, but I'll never be your friend. <laughs> to the, um, uh, there's one more cultural moment that I really liked. Oh, oh, to the, the robot who in the group of three, uh, the group of four that were kill locked, he was one that went off and tried to live his uh, life. Mm-hmm. And then he suddenly was murdered at like the ro- most romantic moment since his kill lock. Yes. <laughs> I thought all those were like these beautiful small snapshots that made it feel like there's so much more going on. I want to see more of this world. Kaylin. Uh, when you said um, like a 10 minute cartoon, I was thinking that this would have been the best episode of Love, Sex and Robots that we watched on Netflix <laughs> yeah. and reviewed yeah. on podcast. Um, and also that was one of my most like favorite horrific scenes of the 
the other four that were in the kill lock, the, the fourth that was living off world, uh, found love in a hopeless place. Uh, sorry, Rihanna. Um, and the, uh, the, the artisan wanting to show the kid that like your uh, actions and the, the fact that you're just so carefree and careless, really, this is what will happen. And he just like murders one of those robots and then he sets off the kill lock. It was absolutely, absolutely horrific. Brent, did you want to make a point? So, no, I was going to ask a question uh, kind of generally about these characters um, because it's something that the author, you know, had to talk a little bit about in follow-up interviews. Like what ways do you think making the characters robots help the story? Um, obviously there are some things that simplify like the the existence of the kill lock, but there's a lot of sci-fi ways you could explain around that. What's the value of robots in this, Kaylin? I think um, making each one an archetype, each character uh, was about the service that they provided in that society. And it, there's very much a like auto, uh, uh, automized, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Robotic Autobots. way of, yeah, I thought you sure. were going to say Autobots. <laughs> Autobots and Decepticons. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, having these folks like fulfill like a certain thing, like you have a builder, you have an engineer, you have a soldier, and then you have kind of an unfinished, uh, you know, uh, robot that's supposed to have, like, was supposed to live up to its potential, but never does. Clark? I think part of it is that you were talking about a caste system and these are literally creations that cannot get out of their caste because they can't get out of their own form. They're literally trapped in this place doing one single job, as Kalen says. And the entire point, even um, the architect, the architect, God, the artisan is, um, you fucked me up, Kalen. The yeah, artisan is, um, is his own caste. And the whole point of this entire thing is for him to get out of his caste to become some higher being, which he ends up doing. So Two do you think- uh, Many people- uh, the this rejects the idea of um, uh, programming being definition. Like the, the, the kid actually, you know, he starts out as this kind of almost absurdly naive character who, is in, who ends up being capable of murder when he stabs the, uh, the black <laughs> artisan. Um, and the Wraith was kind of this hyper-religious super soldier who switched his mind about um, executing people and only kind of he's got a weird cause that he says he'll execute people for but it's 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 a different line than what he was programmed for Kaylin? I mean they are very much in a caste system like Clark said but they're also sentient like they are capable of independent thought and yeah. so you have the builder who becomes an alcoholic and because he is tired of the utter like mundanity of his day like alcohol is the only way you can get around it. The uh, the wraith, you know, has a moment of clarity. He he gets a conscience when he realizes he can't kill the children in one of the worlds that he's raising. Um, and so like, they they want to be able to uh, uh, escape their forms, but they can't. Uh, and the uh, the artisan ultimately finds a way to do it, and it has an incredibly horrific um, uh, you know aftermath. Adam. Well, yeah, and I was just going to say it's it's interesting because like a lot of these plot lines are not necessarily new. Or I say these character journeys are not necessarily new. 
But I think what really works is the sort of robotic lens. And I, I like the way you put it, uh, Caitlin, about them being sentient. Cause it's also like an interesting conversation of like, if AI was sentient and like we weren't really around, would they, would it end up just kind of cycling and ending up looking a little bit like human life? Like would a sentient robot be like, I'm tired of killing people. Just like there are military people that end up having that or have PTSD from it. Like there's just, uh, there's just a lot of interesting concept with these characters that I think are so refreshingly interesting because it's through the perspective of AI or robots, which I know can be a, maybe a tough pill to swallow for some people. But I just think it like it pays so many dividends for the storyline because if these were all just like humans or like space aliens that were humanoid, I just don't think it would it would hit the same note. And I, I think to your point about the artisan, the only reason why I did enjoy it because I was just so taken aback by like a rope, a kind of a robot or an AI speaking or operating like that, and then especially to come full circle with what the twist of the ending was. Like it all works because you're just like, oh, that's so cool. That's like AI doing it versus, you know, a human brain or an animal type person kind of thing. Uh, Kaylin, did you have a comment? Uh, no, I think we can move on. Okay. So, well, what do you guys think of, of then the, um, the kill lock as a means of punishment? Um, you know, it, there's a lot of, I think, minority report feels to this. Uh, and that if you're born wrong, you know, you're ultimately, it might, you might as well be destroyed early. So the only solution they have is for people who have suddenly done something wrong. But it kind of works because they're machine, they're at least in part programmable, unlike humans are. Um, what do you think, Kalen? So the scene that hooked me on the book completely was early on with the Wraith explaining to the kid what the kill lock was. And when he was saying, you know, one person living in isolation can survive it easily. Two can figure out a way to blend into society or, you know, become hermits. Four requires a sense of not just self-preservation, but of empathy and of, uh, of, be of, of the ability of, um, of of them to like cohabitate with one another that makes it completely impossible. It is it is a it is a death sentence that has just been prolonged uh, by time. Uh, Brent, you wanted to make a quick point, and then we'll go what? to Mark. Wait till these, yeah, wait till these robots find out about the number three. All right, Clark. <laughs> they went from one, two to four. <laughs> um, Thruples I... don't work, Brent. Thruples don't work. Well, the one thing to note is that in the, the back of issue six, they have, and five and four, et cetera, they've got a, um, character, bi character biographies, or at least the entities. And the artisan one mentions the fact that sh when she left, she did not design it for like just kids to be tossed in there. That is a late stage creation. After she was gone, the whoever's in charge, the forgers, are just like, yeah. we don't need these little turd things that are broken. Let's just toss them in there and, you know, have them die. So it's kind of turning this punishment system that's, I don't know, not great or great, who knows, into something completely like evil. And that's why the artisan, God damn it. The, 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 the axial, axial. The axial freaks out when she sees that there's a child on the ship. Um, yeah, sorry, Adam. I was gonna say, I just, I do find it, uh, so funny that like these foragers would be like well put their 
put like the blood on the Killock's hand. And I'm like, these, like, as you see from the panels involving the kid robot, that kid has like no memories whatsoever. If they just deleted it, like if they just killed it to begin with, like it's ridiculous to put this person born with a killock and be like, yeah, you'll probably die very quickly, but whatever. <laughs> like, it's like, just fucking turn them off. Like it's just, it's the most ridiculous. That's the only thing that I was like, sort of like, would they, would you really? And I guess you, I guess a robot would, which is like, just, like take it off my well, hand. It- I mean, it that's that shows the 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 utter limitation of like dogma. It's like this has now become like this dogmatic way of dealing with yeah. imperfections in our society, and that's the reason why the axial like like washes her hands of of all of this. Like it's supposed to be wrong. It's supposed to make you feel like this is stupid or this is bad. Clark, the child isn't even complete. Yeah, they they made a mistake and then gave up. This is literally. A, a child that, no, that sounds awful. This should have been aborted. <laughs> Instead, they let it, it, it's basically like Republicans. They let it live and then just let it starve because it's poor. That's actually a very apt comparison, I feel like. I it is an apt comparison. That, but it is, that's, that's what happened. It, you have to be bored. It, it, it's, it's, it's the problem with dogma. It is. It just yeah. is. It allows for no uh empathy or sympathy or the ability to modify ways of dealing with problems in your society brent i think i really did like um the way that you know this dealt with the 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 cruelty of convenience that like one of the things that makes the u.s uh, as an experiment unique was our use of the prison system because before that point, imprisoning people was considered one among many tools for rectifying um, someone's crimes. And obviously there's a lot of brutality to other punishments, but because it was seen as being like, well, we're just locking someone in a cage, it became the default tool in the US to just imprison people for every single crime, no matter what they did, and then to create kind of arbitrary timelines on when that would occur, uh, for how long that would occur. And so for a lot, for a very long period of time, up until only very recently, have people started to question like, is just putting people in a cell a very bad idea? Is this just an unnecessarily cruel punishment? But it's so easily done because there was some precedent for it before. Adam? I will say on the flip side, in like pro Killock, I guess, I do like the Axial's original intent, which is like to cause people to learn and think about something more than themselves. And obviously, like, if your team doesn't do that, then unfortunately, you all suffer. But to your point, it's like all four of these people had very different scenarios on why they were connected. And it seems a bit unfair to have make three against one or two on two or whatever it is. Uh, but I did, I like the, at least the, it's, it reminds me of, I just watched a bunch of Saw movies this weekend to kind of finish the series for myself. And it really reminds me of that where you're like, I get the intention, but also this is the stupidest fucking idea. And so over-engineered on the, like the most over-engineered idea on the planet of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just assign them all kill lots and send them into like wherever they want to go. I feel like there's so many more people running around with kill lots in this world than like, at oh, least yeah. I, I originally saw, but you like slowly keep realizing they're like everywhere. Clark. 
I mean, there's got to be tons and tons of them because if they mess up one single child robot, they just send it away. Is there like <laughs> one kill lock that's just four really stupid children wandering around? <laughs> what? I just like even like the builders, they're like, you put on the Ikea table backwards. So they're like, that's it. Kill lock for yeah. you. Like they, one of them's like committing like religious oh. genocide. And, <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> No, the religious genocide wasn't the issue. It was punching someone else in the face. That was the or issue. Or that religious genocide, right? <laughs> Either one of you, go. Well, I did think it was an interesting addition. It was an interesting addition that the groups are selected intentionally, which makes it so much harder for them to work together because a mm -hmm. bunch of innocent kids might have been able to get by with, you know, one arm 30 minutes later. Uh, Caitlin? <laughs> No, I was just thinking about that, um, Adam. You bring up the point of like there, are, like all these folks with kill locks all over the site, uh, all over like the the universe, so to speak. Yeah. This is a this is a civilization that has no prisons. Uh, it has no uh, capital punishment system because that's what this is. Yeah, and it's um, and I I would like to. The only thing I would say, like I this is kind of contradicting what I said earlier about like this giving me enough, and it really did. But I'm just wondering if every infraction would give a kill. Oh, you shoplifted. That's a kill lock. You jaywalked. That's a fucking kill lock. You know, you littered. That's another kill lock, you know. So but it sounds like they are if like if, if the child is was imperfect, uh, if that was his only sin, his only crime, then anything that's a sin or a crime uh, could be uh, would be worthy of the kill lock. Based on all the weird sex shit and that weird sex planet. I mean, and then like someone <laughs> chopping off an arm. I'm pretty sure not everyone is getting immediately kill locked. There's so I'm many not. scumbags in issue number two that definitely would have been kill locked had that been an issue. I, when they oh yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think they're getting necessarily sentenced, but I'm just saying that is the sentencing if they get caught. Right. And I wonder I if there's like a trial system, like you know, well, or is it automatically judge, jury, know. executioner? Yeah. Well, it's uh, that's funny. It's very like. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to think of like where this would be. It's like the old rule of like, yeah, you get caught stealing, we cut off your hands. But instead it's like, we'll tie all your hands together and then your hands will fall off or some shit. Like, it's just such a funny thought process. But I, again, I do think it like, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a perverted concept, but the concept of making people tied to each other is great. Although I do like laugh at the idea. I mean, this happened with the actual scene of that guy on the island, like, you're just like driving and you, or you know how there's always like freak accidents. Like if you just happen to be walking on the street and get crushed by an air conditioner, every single one of the people in your kill lock also dies, even though you're just trying to like hang out and live your life. And that's why uh, three yeah, of them you... are just sitting around a fire for the entire time. They're not doing anything else. Right. You, uh, you steal a piece of robo bread. And so all <laughs> of your friends are put into a, like a hand lock. <laughs> Um, all right, so here's a plot question. If there was if there was no cure and there was none of the body slipping where you could put another robot's brain in another robot's body, do you think that the kill lock group we followed would have become the the cure, quote unquote, uh, group at the end? Adam? I, I slightly almost thought that was gonna happen. Like, and again, I love the way that the, where the book went, but I was like, it, it seemed like that was the original intent of the artisan, which was to just say, fuck it, we're taking this place over too, right? Cause it does, it would meet their, their, uh, 
means, I guess, or like it would allow them to live in that regard. I don't know if everyone would be up for killing everyone all the time, but I feel like there was, I thought there was gonna be a more, almost a more hopeful ending of like, they would work with Axial to figure something out. It'd still be open-ended, but it would be like, okay, let's figure out how to solve this problem because the original creator hates it. The actual people who are experiencing hate it. And there's obviously gaps in the system. So I thought maybe it was going to be a more optimistic uh, ending. Or although I guess if you really like the artist, then it's also an optimistic ending as well. Um, but I, yeah, I don't. I it, it the first two times I read it, I was like, this guy's a piece of garbage. At the end, the third time, I I not I'm on his side by any means, but we we're reading it multiple times, makes yeah. me see how broken the system is, and the fact that he is willing to take on smashing the forgers in general like the ones who are in charge of even everything totally more interesting just to see like some the artisan wraith sounds like some insane superhero that's gonna just beat the shit out of everybody even though you know super villain superhero great character who knows he's yeah, got no, other persons inside they're like at the end when he does the transformation and like he has a specific dialogue and what i like so much more is that he has the three of them in his head as like sort of a conscience almost. So I just, to me, like it is a kind of a happy and like not happy necessarily, but almost a positive one. Cause obviously this world has, or this universe has been kind of fucked. And so it's like good that I don't, he's not doing it altruistically, but I think that actually will pay off some dividend. Yeah, dividend, I keep saying that word, but it, like it'll pay off big time, especially because of the people he's now surrounded by and hopefully somewhat of the relationships that he's, he's kind of forged. Uh, Kaylin? They're not his conscience. He has completely subsumed them. I mean, no, the, stop, the, stop. The image of him, like his head being so big versus their bodies being so small in the, you know, in the ether or whatever it was called, uh, meant that like he had, he was taking over and he, we saw him being a completely amoral individual. Like clearly the system was, you know, corrupt for its own reasons. But I almost view it like, uh, God, I hate using this ham-fisted political analogy, so please forgive me, but almost like a Donald Trump coming in to like, quote unquote, drain the swamp. It's like, yes, there's problems with our system, but you have somebody who has no moral center, uh, somebody who has just achieved a ton of power, uh, unearned uh, uh, power at that, and coming in to wreck the system. Uh, and that's where I could see that this story would go. Uh, it would completely, um, you know, you have somebody who is breaking everything, but it's like that cartoon. It's like, oh, I want things changed. And you have the little guy with the bat breaking everything. And he goes, oh, no, at the end, that's what this was. Kaylin, Kaylin, he just needs someone to change it. Uh, he uh, needs that special woman. <laughs> so at one, at one point, the artisan explains that he killed his eight coworkers to get to the position that he wanted to be in. <laughs> and I worry about the moral conscience of someone like that. Uh, I don't what? think he's very, I don't think he's hyper-flexible, Adam. He's not, uh, he's not taking notes from the other three people in his yeah, head. But, but on the flip side of that, he did like, I, you know, he, it's really, actually, I think what I ended up, why I ended up liking him so much is he reminded me a lot, and I, cause I'm finishing the Walking Dead, the comic series. And he reminded me a lot of Negan where it's like, <laughs> he's, weirdly just so captivating for being such an asshole like the, i hate when people write bad like villains or villainess or amor characters with such good dialogue that you're just like what a fucking dick but man i really like it caleb 
Uh, did anybody expect Adam to be the Susan Collins of this group? Maybe he's learned his lessons. Maybe he's changed. <laughs> Clark's the uh, one who said it's a positive ending. I do like that um, it has like, you know, the race had like orange like eyes and everything. And now he's got the purple eyes because right. it's got the purple light from the artisan himself. I don't know. I, I still Adam? question certain things, oh, especially sorry. around the fireplace where where he helps change the shape of the little uh, toy that the kid wanted to be created. Oh, right. The hand, yeah, the hand. I, I, there is a minor level of everyone actually giving a shit about this child. Um, Even in a small way, right? The fact that, like, yeah, he, he, he wasn't, like, smile and pleased when he sees this kid torn in two, which I guess could work for many reasons, but I don't know. But do you think that that, that is more him calculating that I'm Maybe. going to need them to trust me later to put us all in the race brain? Well, that's the we we're not sure. I think the line. Um, I also I think the line that really did it for me was the now that it's a great big fucking universe out there is not like this. That is not a line a villain ever says. Right. That is like a, it's a great big universe out there. No, that is that is a. He's he's still gonna be a cunt, but he'll be like a cunty leader as opposed to just a cunt. I feel like um, he's the villain. Thinks he's the hero of the book. I mean, he really seems even more problematic. Well, the first, third time I read it, I thought he was the hero of the book. <laughs> well, just because the I mean, foragers themselves are so the first, that, that is the thing. The first time I read it, I was like, fuck, I hate this guy. Like, he's a jerk and it ended like that. The more I read it, the more I, I get behind it. He seems like he would bring up he seems like he would bring up like omelets and eggs being broken a lot uh, to like, justify <laughs> I mean, all of yeah, his decisions. Yeah. <laughs> He likes to kill folks, especially Adam. that poor guy who was just like asking him how his day was, basically. And he's like, I was going to tell you about this, but now oh I'll just my kill God. you. Um, I was wondering, though, like, so, okay, he's taken over the Wraith's body. Aren't there like a million other Wraiths? Does he have superpowers because he's both an artisan and a Wraith? He's like, just just... smart. He's smart, and the other ones are dumb. Yeah, that's fair. He's got the strength yeah. and the brains. And he probably can do what the um, other artisan did by beefing up the his leviathans with other tech. Oh, right. Now he has access to like two artisan eyes. So yeah. Um. So, uh, bonus question. Uh, bonus question times. Um, <laughs> do you think the wraith? Do you think the wraith killed that old robot woman after helping her and discovering what? that she has the heathen symbol on the door no he's he's not killing <laughs> little folks anymore i saw that question but the he, guy and i was like what are you talking about but oh i i that, that does make sense like it, I, he definitely did it but i can see what you were saying which is like he saw that they were identified as somebody that was called to be called so no <laughs> well i mean he said that was a good enough reason to execute someone uh and he basically did it outright to another robot earlier. Um, then also, all right, so Sex in the City time, which Kill Lock member are you? Uh, I'm a Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the alcoholic builder. I would spit on somebody if I had. I can see that. <laughs> I, I sometimes feel like I might be the 
uh, the kid only when he's suggesting to throw the arm on top of the building. That was my favorite moment. In the entire book is the moment where he's like, just decides we need to throw that arm up. Yeah. <laughs> cut off my arm. We need to throw his arm up on this fucking roof. We can't get to it. And it was the, really and the the wraith is like, and that's 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 inspired. Like I love, yeah. I love how much the wraith loved it. <laughs> oh, I don't. I, I don't we're know. All, I, let's just say we're all alcoholic builders and call it a day. <laughs> I actually, I actually think Clark might be the wraith. I could see that. Yeah. yeah really, I thought he might be the artisan. That's the only two I could be. So if, yeah, I no, I think you're more. Wait, wait, wait. I more wraith. Clark. I'm the artisan wraith. You see, because I, I was like, who of all of us? I think the person that always goes for as much as what they want. I would say, Kaylin, you're more, you're the most artisan out of the four of us. I think. Yeah, I was worried that somebody was going to. Yeah, Kaylin would have a problem with someone for being built wrong. <laughs> okay, well there you go. Kaylin uh, would be like, "It's time for you to die because you're built wrong," and then he'd poke them, <laughs> killing them instantly. Hey, spoiler alert. And and Adam is I'm not Adam, excuse me. Ryan can be who? Well, I want Ryan, Ryan to be that red-headed robot who like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was such a weird scene. Like they just randomly showed up and they're like, there's lots of people around. So I'm not, I'm fine. See ya. Do you do you remember when there were those three drunk robots and one said, Look, it's a race? And then someone else said, You always <laughs> see a race when you're drunk. Ryan is the drunk one who sees a race. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think Ryan is the kid and and Brent you're the axial. Like you're capable of creating something that goes horribly wrong. I'm, and you're I like, like what have I done? You. Yes. Yeah, Brent you're Brent you're very like full philosophical ethos person and I feel like you would think of something against that the ethos you have and then ruin it for everybody. Uh, <laughs> Dr. weird Dr. Frankenstein. Complisalt. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right, so uh, kind of wrapping up, um, there are a lot of gaps. Need to say, sorry to interrupt. We have barely mentioned the art. Oh, oh that's true. Yes. Other than that, just yes. like, we like the art. Oh, I just want okay. to say, I usually am worried about just how muddy something could be. And I think maybe twice in the entire time, yeah. I was a little confused apparently, but most of the time I was like, I mean, it's fucking gorgeous. And I do love whenever a writer and artist are the same person, because it's yeah. like, this is just your fucking vision. This person, I mean, Olivia was working on it for multiple, many years while doing other projects. So the fact that it was like on the back burner, my favorite part is at the end, I always like to read the little words at the end. You know, on the, the last page, he talks about how the characters started writing for themselves. So the, the, the reason this works so well is that the characters informed how the plot was gonna go, mm. not the other way around. And that's why, that's, I don't know, I just fucking love it for multiple reasons, but art is fucking gorgeous every little smile smirk like weird thing that they do you can see even though they're not fucking human yeah. but you get it adam uh yeah no i was gonna say i agree there was one or two times where i think and maybe it was just the digital copy that, that we had which like the resolution was a bit wonky but it's also to your point it's one person like just someone doing all of it it a, looks incredible it's all a great combination and just the uh like character, the design work, it was absolutely incredible. Like all of the people were so pronounced every, again, efficient. Like it's, a, it's just, everything works about all of the work, every effort that Livio put into it. So I really like that. Kaelin? Yeah, efficient is the right way to describe it to your point, Adam. Like it gave me 
just enough. Like it wasn't overly detailed where I got lost in what was happening. Uh, like I could follow it very well. And sometimes that kind of European style art to Clark's point can get a little too muddy and too like just uh, enamored with just this beautiful panel, but not really tell a story well. Um, if you haven't checked out his Transformers work, check it out. Um, it is absolutely stunning. Some of those Transformers comics from IDW, same publisher for Kill Lock, are really, really, really good. Brett? I think, I think he did a great job of building moments with panels. Um, I was immediately, I was hooked on the book um, when the Wraith first stands up yeah. and you mm -hmm. see how monstrously terrifying he is. Um, but I think that there are other ones where it works really well um, to kind of balance like some of the humor and some of the horror uh, as, you know, when the artisan says, by the way, there's no such thing as anti-flare thrusters. Everyone mm. down there is about to get burned to a crisp. And the <laughs> panel right after is this ship that has these massive chains, similar to the Wraith's uh, chains, whipping around. Uh, and there's <laughs> absolute fire and like a nuclear warhead killing <laughs> hundreds, if not thousands of people underneath. It's just really well balanced, I think. Um, so there are a lot of gaps in this story, as we've talked about, and places where we think we, we want more. Um, what kind of stories would you guys like to see? And what format do you think you'd like to see them in? Clark. I don't know whether I want to see, I mean, I, I want to know, I want to get so much more, but also I think this is perfect as is, but I want to know about the forgers. I want to know whether, how, how far removed are we from humanity? Was humanity ever in existence? What, what, what existed sentient create like you know being of i don't know biological origin created all these things and what are the forgers is what i really like to know I want to see a bit more of the society i want to know why there are all these you know he was made out of the same things as tubing for plumbing mm -hmm. uh, the laborer was what's this plumbing about that's what I wanted to know the first thing i saw why do they, plumbing, yeah. I was like what's the plumbing? do they need to poop Who's yeah pooping? <laughs> Kaylin. I wanted yeah. to see, uh, adding to what Clark said, I wanted to see like, what was uh, the rationale behind creating the raids? Like, why did society get to a point where entire worlds had to be purged for some religious dogma? You know, it reminds me a little bit of like, um, I went on this like rabbit hole the other day of like reading all the synopses of the Dune novels because I've only read the first one uh, and part of the second one. And I was like, I don't want to read all these. I'm never going to get to them. Let me just read the synopses and just reading like the timeline of everything of like leading up to like where we got to the first book and then, you know, everything up to there. Like, I would love to see like almost like a kill lock encyclopedia. Uh, like, I don't know if I want necessarily another comic, but just be like, this is the, this is the, uh, I'm going to mispronounce it, but like J.R. Tolkien had this similar, similar, yeah. similar, whatever it's yeah. called. Um, like that Samarillion. kind of stuff. Similar, thank you. I can, I, still never <laughs> yes. Um, you know, just give me that little, like, look, look, like they can be in story form, but just help me build out that world a little bit. And again, I'm contradicting myself because, like, everything, uh, I loved about this, I didn't need any more, but I want more. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in on that too. I, I really like the way you put it, Kaylin, because I was just thinking too, like, I want. 
I want kind of this to be what I also continue to want the Star Wars universe to be, which is like, I don't want, I don't even want to see what maybe, I mean, we can get there, but it's like, I don't even want to see what happens after the artisan has this power. I'd rather like figure out and hear more stories of individual, like Brent, you put it best, which was like, there's that, the, what was a, uh, a archetype of a Romanian woman. And then there was like these other people with kill, like, you don't even need to do something about the Kellogg's. I was like, I just want to see more of this world, more of these characters and just more storylines with the different types of robots. But, and I like the way Kaylin, like the slice of life stuff is what's really going to add value to me versus like, what's the sequel to this original storyline? Like that's less interesting to me. It's more just like, there's a million stories it feels like in this universe based on what the uh, author's been able to do in like six issues. So I just want more of it. Brent? Often when I'm reading uh, graphic novels, the thought in my head is like, how could this be adapted? And this is one story that I think would work incredibly well as an adaptation to film. Um, It follows a strong enough storyline. It doesn't have the same act structure uh, that a normal movie might have, but I think in this case, it would probably still flow okay. And the characters are so well-defined already that adding any extra little bits of dialogue would be relatively easy to do with a phenomenal kind of ending. But after talking about it now, I realize that the danger there is people would want a sequel and they shouldn't have one. Um, right. it, it would need to be like, like stories of this universe. Kaylin? Yeah, that's why I said... Um it would be a great episode of love sex and robots or like even a black mirror although um or like an anthology show where you allow the entire episode to just be about this and so you know like like it's just about these four characters here's the resolution there's not going to be any more there's not like you know yeah. uh you know kill lock to the killing or whatever <laughs> it's going to be um kill, kill lock human yeah. boogaloo it's not electric. This yeah. I think there's an axial story waiting to be told. Yeah, for sure. Um, so at the last part, uh, are there any of your favorite moments that we haven't talked about? Any characters that you liked that we, we should harp on a little bit more? I want to talk about one moment which I was just so excited about, which was when the artisan is talking to the black artisan, and he says, I've got a story for you. And uh, and you know how the story of the lost group ended? The dumb artisan met the clever artisan. And even as he heard the story being told to his face right now, the dumb artisan still thought the clever artisan came to this world looking for the fucking cure. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> such, such, such perfect writing because it, the, the, the character of the artisan is a dare. It is a, he is supposed to be smart. He is supposed to be evil. And setting up your viewer to see that character means that you have to be more clever uh, uh, by far in order to trick your audience into seeing something, to creating something they wouldn't uh, have expected. Adam? Uh, well, I'll just pile onto that. I love that scene. I love that dialogue. And then I didn't even put two and two together based on the question of the sex in the city side. I'm obviously the black artisan because the black artisan has a hookah. 
And I really no. like that moment. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I would be killed by a smarter artisan. Adam, you can be the med mediator that's inside of the Oh, flag. God, that poor mediator. <laughs> that, his body You're was just, just a lot. loser we never actually met. Uh, yeah. It was awful. Adam, you, Adam, actually, you get killed by the kid or the Ryan Kroll type. <laughs> also true also very fitting so my favorite one my favorite moment my favorite moment we already talked about the throwing of the arm but one of my other favorite moments and this is going to be kind of like the person who goes to a book club only reading the first 10 pages but the very first time we see anyone speak is the artisan talking to that poor bare-faced looking laborer <laughs> and literally just <laughs> what did you say something about putting your ugly face but like literally just it's so chilling how it goes from humor this is what happens the entire book from humor to like immediately horrifying where he just like presses one button and makes him go blind another button makes him just mute and then the thing at yeah. the end when they leave is just him slumped over dead on this fucking bench just because he hit a drink nearby him it's so fucking dark i loved it yep Simon. Uh, all right, uh, Kaylin, did you have one or? Um, I think my, my most chilling moment is when I said already uh, is when the artisan shows the kid what the kill lock means and he mm. just like finds uh, the weakness yeah. in one of them. And then you see the three of them blow up and then the one who's like, you know, <laughs> found love is like, oh my God, this has been the best like, you know, few days of my life. And then <laughs> it just blows up. And it's just, it's so horrifying. It's just, oh God, it's so good, but it's so, so just like gut-wrenching i was gonna quickly say it was it's such a it's a great scene but it, for some reason i did laugh slightly because it reminded me like of futurama and exploding eddie i think that's what his name was like just like oh yeah <laughs> crazy eddie yeah exactly <laughs> if i gotta just add one more it's at the very beginning when you had that kind of like that smuggler bounty hunter type who's trying to steal parts from the kid on that first planet that they're on and when the wraith like shows up and Brent, you mentioned like you got to see like just his size for the first time. And then you've got like this flash page of him just knocking the shit out of that guy. It is such an amazing visceral moment. I was like, what a great way of like letting the art tell the story. So good. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, we, we all very much love this. Uh, so if you've read it, if you've read it once, read it again. Um, let us know your favorite moments on Twitter um, at Home of Superior. Um, this has been our podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.